Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals to Hyatt, Zalara, Riviera Maya in Mexico and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. The Volume well, the NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bet. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. My game this week is the New England Patriots. Took a bad loss against Dallas last week. They're giving a point and a half over the Saints. I'm buying into Bill Belichick. I'm buying into Mac Jones having a bounce back week this week against the Saints. So get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code MANIX. New customers can score $250 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code MANIX, M-A-N-N-I-X, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensed partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This is Boxing with Chris Mannix. Oh, somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing. When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix. So, when you're in Las Vegas, does it bring back positive memories of your successful fights or ne- negative memories of how you drowned your career in alcohol? 
you let me finish debauchery manix that's what i think about when i think about my heydays in las vegas caesar's palace table 16 at pure nightclub <laughs> table 28 at the roulette debauchery at its finest oh great times sergio mora is here junior middleweight champion the zone broadcaster we are both in vegas for the zerta ramirez joe smith jr cruiserweight title eliminator which is saturday uh, at the cosmopolitan live on the zone this is also where sergio while he lost his title to Virgin Far- Vernon Forrest in the ring, he really lost it here in Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, you don't lie. It's true. <laughs> what was your best memory, though, in Vegas? You had to have some wins here, right? I have a lot of good memories here in Las Vegas. I bought a house here in Las Vegas. Um, yeah, great memories. I mean, I, I won some fights here, too. I just yeah, lost my saying. title here. Yeah. Uh, great city. I made my bones at uh, Partners Gym, Johnny Taco's Gym. All the gyms around here in Las Vegas got some of the best sparring in the world. And, uh, yeah, I made my bones here. Is this the best sparring city out there? I mean, I see a lot of fighters doing their training camp in Vegas nowadays. Uh you know, for some reason, I got my best sparring in L.A., of course, but second, uh, a distant second was Las Vegas because you got championship sparring and you got some of the best. Even even when you're an amateur, I was still fighting guys like Murky Sosa, you know, here. <laughs> you know, you, I was getting quality work with professionals as an amateur. So, yeah, Vegas is my second. All right. Well, we're here for Zerto and for Smith. And I think this is a pretty interesting fight, Sergio, because both these guys – you know, went as far as they could in the light heavyweight division. Zerto Ramirez moving up from 168, won five fights in a row, challenged Dimitri Bivol for the light heavyweight title last year. That didn't go his way. Joe Smith actually won a light heavyweight title, beating Maxime Vlasov a couple of years ago, but then had a really rough night about a year and a half ago against Archer Betterbeev, knocked out in the second round of that fight. So I think it's interesting in that respect because you've got both guys moving up in weights, both guys really at an inflection point of their career. Both guys in their early to mid-30s. Uh, and they really can't afford a loss, both of them, can they? I mean, if, if either one loses, I don't know what the next step of their careers would be. No, this is a high-level crossroads fight. And yeah, it's important. It's a must-win. Uh, for Ramirez, it's does he really want to do this on the high level? I mean, the last fight with Gabe Rosado, the fact that he couldn't make weight, he had to go up in weight. How is he going to be as a cruiserweight? I mean especially against a former champion in Joe Smith. So a lot of questions are going to be answered. One, the hunger. Two, if the power carries. And I'm really interested to see how he takes Joe Smith's power because he is going to get cracked by Joe Smith. And Smith has cinder blocks for fists. I'm telling you right now, this is a type of fight where don't blink because even though there's not much speed involved, there is a lot of power involved on both ends, but especially with Joe Smith Jr., and because of everything that uh, Sudo Ramirez has been doing outside of the ring, and we could see by the way he looks physically, he doesn't look like an in-shape light heavyweight, let alone an in-shape cruiserweight. So is that going to translate in the ring? I do not know. And if Joe Smith Jr. looks in, in great shape on the way in tomorrow, I mean, it's going to be trouble. It's going to be trouble trouble for Sudo. I, I think the same questions, though, apply to Joe Smith. Like, is he as hungry as he used to be? doesn't matter, man, because he has a power. Well, he never does he rely- have power cruiserweight, though? Like, he's a career-long yes. light heavyweight. I can, I, power can, I can already vouch that, yes. When you have that type of power at light heavyweight, I mean, he was barely glancing guys and hurting them. That type of power is going to go move up in weight because it's only going to be, uh, what, 15 pounds? But in heavyweight yeah. division, in, in heavyweight weight, division, yeah. it's... It, 
you have that power, you have that power. You're gonna just like you can translate it from cruiserweight to heavyweight. It ain't gonna be that one punch devastating power, but you're still gonna hurt guys. Yeah, uh, he, he's just been off for so long, and the and the way that better be a fight ended has me a little bit concerned. Yeah, it, but better be ends everyone that way, Mannix. Right, but that I mean, but what, the, there's a fallout from that. There's there's a ripple yeah, effect from that. Th- Joe Smith has been beaten before, but he hasn't been beaten like that. Well, there's a fallout to a man that's made everyone fall. 100% of everyone he's faced has fallen. So there's no shame to that. This is legitimate scary power by Arthur Betterbiff. So there's no shame in that. If you look at the other losses that Joe Smith Jr. has had, there's no shame in that either. Mm-hmm. You know, So this guy is a, a, a legitimate former champion that has only lost the absolute best, except early in his career, against a, another puncher. I got that high, another 100% knockout ratio puncher in Eddie Caminero, what is seventh pro fight? So this dude has only lost to quality punchers. You can't knock that. He's a blue collared guy. Joe Smith Jr. waits for opportunities like these to shine. All right, so I just think it's gonna be a tough night for Zerto. I'm a little more optimistic about Zerto's chances because he's never been a one punch knockout guy. Like that's not his thing. He's a volume punching guy. He puts you down with a you know an overwhelming amount of punches. He goes head body. He's got good punch placement. I got to believe that's going to translate. That's going to move up. You know, he's a pressure fighter and he couldn't put pressure on Demetri Bevel because Bevel was way too strong and way too sharp with the jab. But I get that Joe Smith is strong and I get that he's got bricks for fists. But when I look at the tape on Smith, I saw Maxime Vlasov back him up in that fight. Footwork. Well, yeah, but he threw a lot of punches at different angles. Say the next one. Well, Demetri Bevel was the other one. Excellent footwork. Exactly. So footwork has beat Joe Smith Jr. That's how you beat uh, heavy hands. You don't beat them with with heavier hands. You beat them by footwork and angles and feints, not letting them set up that power. That's how you beat that type of power. Ramirez is as flat-footed as it gets. He's going to be right in front of you. We've seen him get hit before. The thing about Ramirez is he's Mexican. He takes a big shot to the to the head. I want to say how he takes a cruiserweight shot by a legitimate light heavyweight former champion, one. And if Joe Smith Jr. did his homework, dig down to the body. The body will be open for Surdo, especially from, from that from that if he gets an angle on it. Uh, I think if Joe Smith Jr., which is what I want to ask him at the fighter meeting tomorrow, how many weeks did he have time to prepare? What kind of sparring partners did he have for this fight? And um, Really, what's he been doing for the last 17 months? I'm fine with the inactivity. If, You're long- fine with the inactivity. We just saw Jermel Charlo off for 17 months, put on a no-show performance in his fight against Canelo. Time off matters, Sergio. No, it does matter. I'm not, I'm not going to totally knock that. Joe Smith Jr. is one of these uh, blue-collared guys that waits for phone calls. He has a job. He has a he has a nine to five, man. He's not a he's not a a one hundred percent boxer. He doesn't do this full time. He does this as a side job, and he still was able to become a, a world champion because he has those heavy hands and he waits for the right opportunities. I think Ramirez is a perfect opportunity for Smith if he's in shape. That's what I want to say. If he's not in shape, then it's going to be a volume-type fight with activity. And, yes, Surdo should get the best of it. Is he, If he is in shape, then I could see this being totally different. I should probably know the answer to this, but has there been a Mexican cruiserweight champion? Like, it's Not a weight class we see many Mexicans move up to. Uh, yeah, in the streets of East L.A. We get them all the time. I think I was one at one point. But, no, inside the ring, I don't think we have anything north of, like, middleweight and super middleweight Zurdo was the first one mm. so we don't grow that big man it's, I mean I'm surprised I won one at 154 as a Mexican American but yeah you don't we don't grow that big is this do you look at this as winner go home for both guys yeah absolutely yeah. Uh, Zurdo they've been uh, preparing him they've been grooming him for a 
for a big fight. You know, they 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 saved that undefeated record until Bevo, but they wanted to cash him out. You could tell they wanted to cash him out with Canelo. That didn't work. So now they're really putting him in, uh, up against a, a big puncher, and they would swim or go home. That's what I love about Golden Boy shows. Golden Boy Promotions and Oscar De La Hoya, they, they don't, and I hate to say they don't protect their fighters because they, they pay them well and they put them on big shows. But they put them in 50-50 matches, so it's great for the fans. This is a 50-50 match by one of their own. So uh, how can you not love that as a matchmaker? How can you not appreciate that uh, as, as a fan? This is a 50-50 type fight. If you take out all the, well, Sudo's only lost to Bevo, he's undefeated, he's this, he's that. No, who's the natural bigger puncher? Who's the natural, uh, they're both former champions. Who's the natural better somewhat fighter? They're kind of similar on that level. Doesn't even fight. Yeah, you're right. And I, I love crossroads types of fights, fights with meaning. It's a, officially a WBA title eliminator, but whatever. It, it's a fight that the winner will take a step forward, have a chance to become one of the bigger names of Cruiserweight. Right now, you've got Jai Apatai over in the UK, or Australia, really, and he is mean. I don't know if you watched any of his footage when he fought uh, just this past weekend, but he is a mean fighter. Uh, and Badu Jack is out there, too, as a Cruiserweight champion. So the winner of this fight most likely is going to get a world title shot and the payday that comes with it. The loser's probably going to retire. I mean, I, I don't think Joe Smith has the appetite to go back down to 175 and be a gatekeeper for, you know, whatever young light heavyweight is coming up the rankings. And same thing with Zerto Ramirez. Like, he can't make 175 anymore. And is there really a market for gatekeepers at Cruiserweight, which has been kind of a gatekeepery division for most of uh, most of the time? So. It is a, a winner-go-home fight for both guys. That's why I think it is going to be a great fight on Saturday. One last thing for you. Um, we talked about this on DAZN, so I want to bring it up here. Ryan Garcia's fight was just made with uh, Oscar Duarte, December 2nd, uh, most likely in San Antonio, Texas. Um, Oscar De La Hoya came out recently and you know called the critics of that fight stupid. He basically said this was a great fight for Ryan Garcia. Duarte, of course, Coming off uh, an 11-fight winning streak, he's had, I think they're all knockouts, 11 fights uh, in, in a row, um, but he is 135 pounds. He's coming up in weight, and Ryan Garcia is trying to become a full-fledged 140-pounder, so the argument is he should be facing 140 pounds. Where do you stand on Oscar Duarte as Ryan Garcia's next opponent? I think uh, I'm I'm actually going to be on the side of Oscar De La Hoya. Yeah, whoever doesn't appreciate this fight for what it is doesn't know squat spit about boxing because this is a legitimate threat for someone that just got knocked out he just got knocked out ryan garcia got knocked out by tank davis and his next fight over he's gonna fight a a power punching machine that just comes forward that only has one loss and split decision that he probably should have won that's a dangerous way to actually protect your product protect your 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 a side your talent uh, someone that sells out crowds you know someone that has millions of followers you protect that as much as you can if you're a promoter but that's what i love about oscar de la hoya and that's what i love about that tweet i actually uh, uh retweeted it myself because that's what you want to see with most uh not only most promoters but most uh uh boxers right after a knockout loss like that now nah, i don't want to shake off the rust with some some name i want give me i want the heat and he's getting it with Oscar Duarte. We've called a handful of Duarte fights. He reminds me of a, a, a better polished William Zepeda. Zepeda's a beast too. But, you know, he sometimes gets hit more than he wants to. When it comes to Duarte, he has, he has a perfect structure. His shoulders aren't, aren't as wide, so he hides behind his shoulders. He has a wide back. He's very muscular. And he's, he's kind of a tank. He's kind of a tank. And who just knocked out Garcia? 
a man called Tank. So this is a very dangerous fight. I'm not going to call him Tank Davis. No, I said he, he appears like a tank. His body structure. Look at he's his body physical. structure. He's physical, that's There's, for sure. Yeah. That's what I said, man. He's a physical tank. <laughs> he's not like Tank Davis, though. He's a, he is a physical fighter. And look, I think he's good for Ryan because while Duarte is going to come to fight, he's also open for counter shots. I've seen him countered in those fights that we've uh, we've called. He hasn't been hit by somebody with the kind of power or speed that Ryan Garcia possesses. So this does present an opportunity for Ryan Garcia to pick up a spectacular knockout. Uh, but it, it is going to be challenging. It's not like, like we called the fight with Ryan Garcia and Emmanuel Tego two years ago. That was a tune-up fight. That was a warm-up fight. Emmanuel yeah, Tego Garcia had, had his, not a handful, well, but he, he, could, he couldn't get That was all there. Tego, though. That was Tego. Tego ran away. Like, when a guy runs away from you, what are you going to do? Like, there's... Duarte's not going to run away. No, I agree. That That's why it's a tough fight and a fight that I'm okay with. The other option was Pedro Campa, who keeps losing, you know, as of late, and... I don't really. That's what I would have expected by anybody in boxing. Yeah. You want to protect somebody, bring them back with a respectable name. Pedro Campos is not a 50 50 mm -hmm. uh, opponent. He's a winning record mm -hmm. against that. You're bringing him in against a, a guy that should be possibly undefeated with big power and it's under your stable. It's it's just, it's not, it's a it's, it's a win win for Golden Boy, but it's a big loss if you if you lose back-to-back -back fights if you're ryan garcia that might be the end for you well it's not the end for him but it's on the high on the high level i think know, it I is mean, look two losses like it's not great it certainly would give me a setback but uh i think he'd still have Mark you're telling Hill. me if you ryan know, garcia gets knocked out by duarte if he gets knocked out by duarte that's a big problem like so i don't talking know about you're duarte, right duarte I, I has knocked out the, the majority of the guys they put in front yeah, of yeah but ryan's not alex martin or you know ryan garcia is not hard to hit He's not hard to hit, but you better be careful when you try to hit him because, he, you know, look at the guys, Romero Duno, you know, Francisco Fonseca. These guys have, have gone in, tried to throw something big, and they get hit with something. You know who's got more pressure in this fight than Ryan Garcia? Maybe Derek James. Derek James is not having oh, a good run no, he is not. as of late. He, you mean trainer of the year, Derek Trainer James. of the year, yeah. Derek James. How he, fickle you guys are. You guys name somebody, and all of a sudden, well, he has to prove himself. Well, don't you think fickle, that's... Fickle, isn't that man. fair? Like, if, if you succeed at the highest level you deserve praise if you are failing well that that has to come into effect too he lost with errol spence jamel charlo no showed that entire fight uh, i don't even know what's going on with anthony joshua anthony joshua supposedly right now is training with ben davison over in the uk i don't know what's going on there like Derek james needs a win man Derek james is a win plus the whole i mean the frank martin thing's not his fault but you know the shines off frank martin too for duck and shakur stevenson so I, I think this is an important fight for Derek James, too, as a trainer. No, and I'm glad that you're bringing in, you're shining light on the trainer because the trainer has a big uh, part to do with it. And you know me, you've known me long enough to know that I'm not a proponent of changing trainers on the high level. Who got you to that high level? Stick with that guy. You just like arguing with yours. Whatever. <laughs> but why do you go with, with whatever hot trainer is that year? There's always going to be hot trainers. And now look, like you said, the shines off Derek James because you know, uh, the losses, but man, just stick with your day one. What, what, who taught you how to fight? Who got you to the championship level? You don't leave that guy. It's just, it says more about character and characters. What's actually getting in the way with high level fighters. It's character. It's not who's in your corner. It's look at yourself before you start winking at another trainers. It's, it's nonsense, man. I hate it. You left Dean Campos for one fight. For one fight, and I lost. <laughs> Brian, but see, see, that had nothing to do with, with what he was teaching me. Dean Campos is a genius as what he does. And you can see it with Sinisa Estrada. But we had a fallout personal. It was a personal thing, just a personal thing. And we, you know, right after that, we came back and we got, made another run at the title. But, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you have... 
these personal uh, issues with people in your life and you do one of two things. You swallow your pride and stick it out or you want to try to teach them a lesson. If you choose the latter, you're going to teach yourself a lesson. Don't leave your day one. When you called him when they exercised the rematch for Forrest and told him you had to fight in like five weeks, what did he say? (laughs) Aren't you in Las Vegas right now? (laughs) Yes. Were you drinking? Absolutely. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) And when we come back, my conversation with Oscar De La Hoya. All right, Oscar De La Hoya is here, founder, CEO, Golden Boy Promotions, Vegas resident once again. Are you enjoying? Finally. Finally? Fine. I should have done it a long time ago, mm-hmm. you know. Not only tax purposes, but just, you know, boxing is has always been, you know, the mecca or whatever mm-hmm. you call it. But, you know, it's it's exciting because it's an opportunity to really bring boxing back Mm -hmm. to Las Vegas. You start with these shows, you know, with title eliminators, you start with championship fights. Um, You know, we're looking to bring Virgil Ortiz back in Las Vegas. So slowly but surely, little by little, you know, it's chipping away, um, just trying to bring boxing back to Vegas. Mm -hmm. When did you, when did this idea kind of occur to you to kind of be back here and and bring boxing back to Vegas? It, It occurred to me, um in february i believe mm-hmm. i was thinking i have some big plans for vegas when i stay mm-hmm. here um i'm talking to several people huge developers um to to really do something special mm-hmm. i can't really uh, you know talk about them but um you know i i want to bring boxing back to vegas on a regular basis mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you're here this weekend. Gilberto Ramirez going to face Joe Smith, cruiserweight title eliminator. I want to talk about that. But you and Bob Arum, I, I can't fucking keep track if you guys are friends, <laughs> your enemies. I don't know what's it's, – it's hard to keep track of, it's of your relationship. But you're meeting with him now. You met with him yeah. this week. Uh, what brought on that meeting and what was discussed in that meeting? I, I called Bob um, to meet me in my office in L.A., uh, to to make big fights happen. That's basically it. It's always been pleasant to deal with Bob. You know, Bob is Bob, and, you know, you have to know how to talk to him. Uh, but he's all about business. And we sat down and we carved out a plan to make these big fights happen. And we did talk about Ryan Garcia. We did talk about... Teofimo Lopez. Uh, we did talk about Shakur Stevenson fighting William Cepeda, possibly on the same card. We talked about everything, and you know what Bob wants to do now um, is is just have fun <laughs> and make big fights happen. That's all he wants to do. It was ninety two. So, that's all he. <laughs> I know exactly. So it's an opportunity for for us to come together, work together, and 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 literally make some big fights happen. Uh, everybody loves the sentiment. The pushback would be the problems still exist with network affiliations, that being the most significant one. How sure. how do you overcome that hurdle? It's easy. Bob Arum has worked with The Zone. Bob Arum, we've worked with ESPN. We've worked with PBC recently with Ryan and Tank. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's common sense that we sit down and 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 carve out a plan and uh you know it's great for everybody and so er everybody's starting to understand that meaning all the promoters are starting starting to understand that let's come together let's let's carve out a plan and work together mm. there's there's uh there's um there's there's ideas that that i'm thinking about um that are that are that are reality that that could become reality you know it's a it's a matter of sitting down with these promoters and i started yesterday with bob aram and now i'm gonna go down my list you know maybe uh maybe it's al Heyman who's next <laughs> who knows you know I, i've i've sat down with al Heyman and talked to him and and dealt with him and you know he's actually pleasant to 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 talk to mm -hmm. um you know sit down with eddie hearn why not let's make these big fights happen but network and network um it'll be it'll be easy to work with yeah do you have al Heyman's phone number i do actually <laughs> where's my phone babe <laughs> he won't right answer now? but we call right he now? won't answer but uh <laughs> but i do have his number <laughs> um you mentioned ryan garcia coming back december 2nd against oscar duarte um i'm of two minds of this fight one it's a physical fight. Oscar Duarte yes. brings the fight, and yes. it's a tougher than oh, yeah. I would have imagined fight sure. for Ryan Garcia. At the same time, with Ryan going to 140, sure. I think I'd also like to see him face a natural 140-pounder. Sure. Sure. Why was this the right opponent for him? Oscar Duarte is a naturally big kid um, for 135. He's been steamrolling through opponents. I mean, he's coming off a knockout streak like 11, 11, 11 straight wins streak. and yeah, many of them knockouts. I mean, yet. it's incredible. Mm. So the, the fact that Ryan Garcia wanted to take this type of fight, a, a, a heavy puncher type of fight, mm. I know it, it's, it's, it's commendable because um, especially coming off a knockout loss, you don't, you don't take a fight like this, um, you know, to come back mm. with, and so it is commendable. It is going to be a great fight. He's going to be in his face. He's going to have to figure him out. Mm -hmm. He cannot sleep on him, not a second, because he can knock him out. He can knock out Ryan. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a good fight, mm -hmm. regardless of what some people say. Um, you know, some people wanted me to match him up against the Lions again, against mm -hmm. the Wolves, throw him in there with the with the with the with the big you know the big dogs as as they say in boxing. It's a better fight than Pedro Campa. That no, it's a great fight. It's a better fight. It's a great, more fight. dangerous fight. absolutely. Mm -hmm. So if Ryan gets past this, mm -hmm. then then he's back on top. I mean, you're as good as your last fight. Mm -hmm. You've had a complicated relationship with Ryan over the last few months. Do you feel like you're on the same page with him, with his team, about his career moving forward? Look, I mean, Ryan Garcia has a bright future. Ryan Garcia, um, you know, staying focused, training hard, um, and doing his job will, will become a world champion as soon as he wants to. Mm -hmm. And so I'm here to... to to uh, make sure that we that we lay out uh, a plan for him, uh, make sure that we have uh, that we execute it, and make sure that he uh, he becomes the best he can become. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I strongly believe in him. I want to make sure that he becomes world champion and makes a lot of money and all that. But look, he has an opportunity to become a legend, mm -hmm. but it's up to him. Mm -hmm. It's up to him. What's your relationship like with him right now? It's all business. Um, we're cordial, but it's all business. But like I said, 
you're as good as your last fight. Mm-hmm. You know, fighters, when they lose, fighters, when they get knocked out, they blame the world. Mm-hmm. Once they're on top, once they win, then everything is, is, is all fine and dandy. So, <laughs> look, I, I understand it. I've been a fighter. I'm now on the other side. I, I'm just here to make Ryan the most money, but more importantly, make sure that he becomes a legend. Mm-hmm. And to become a legend, you take the big fights. Well, Teofimo is a good example of that. Right. He was very upset with Top Rank for a while sure. in 2000 and what was it, 21. And now they seem like they're on the same page with his sure. career moving forward. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, look, it's all about, it's all about, um, it's all about just letting your egos aside. Mm-hmm. That's basically it. Mm-hmm. Do not listen to the whispers. Fighters are notorious um and they love listening to the whispers listen to your promoter listen to the people that want the best for you Mm -hmm. that's what's going to take you to the top that's what's going to get you to the top you want to be the best i'm on your side Mm -hmm. i know what the best is for you i've Mm -hmm. been there you um have talked the last few days and weeks about reaching out to other promoters like bob arum you mentioned eddie hearn al Heyman. Um, how much responsibility do you feel, though, to look kind of internally at some of the guys you got and the fights you can make? And I'm, I'm using Jaime Mungi as an oh, example. Oh, sure it's, sure. it's been five years of sure. Jaime Mungi on his own, and we haven't sure. seen him in a big fight yet. He's sure. 42-0 and 0 yeah. at this point. Sure. Um, you know, I, I don't think the Berlanga fight's happening next. That's kind of my read yeah. on the situation. And that's the fight I think you would agree everybody wants to see. It. I, mean, I want to see it. Yeah. Like, why, I, I want to see it. Why are we probably going to get a Munguia against lesser opponent again. Why can that not be resolved? Because Berlanga doesn't want to fight him. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. I mean, Devorovachenko um, was a tough fight. Mm-hmm. Was a fight that uh, that was almost forced because nobody else wanted to fight uh, Munguia. Either they were busy, or they were waiting for title eliminators, or you know whatever the excuse might be. But we want to fight Berlanga right now. Mm-hmm. Why not? Let's make it happen. I mean, they're under the same roof mm-hmm. with networks. Let's make it happen. Let's do this. We want to fight Charlo. Um, now, you know, and that's part of my reason why I'm calling out all promoters. Mm-hmm. I mean, we must make these big fights happen. It's not on us. Mm-hmm. It's not on Mungia. Um, you know, it's it's some a matter of, it of time. Is, I mean, something like you look the last few years. He had opportunity to fight Demetrius Andre whenever he wanted to. He chose not to do it. Uh, the Golovkin fight didn't come together for a number of different reasons. But he's had some opportunities to take quote unquote big fights, and he hasn't taken them at times. The only fight, the only fight that I can think of that that he didn't want was Demetrius Andrade. Mm-hmm. That's the only fight I can think about that he didn't want. Um. Other than that, he's he's willing to face anybody. Mm-hmm. At once, he's even willing to face Bivol. Mm-hmm. That felt crazy to at, me. At, that, at, that, yeah, that, that exactly. I mean, it's so you it's will like, fight Dimitri Bivol, but right, you won't fight Dimitri. Right, Sandy. exactly. So it's look. I th- I think with Jaime Munguia, it's it's a matter of time. Mm-hmm. It really is, and, and trust me, it's frustrating when it's hard to work with other promoters. It's frustrating when it's hard to work with other fighters who think they're taking control of their career. Mm. No, you're a fighter. You're a fighter for a reason. Stick to your fighting. Mm. Have 
people around you who are going to make the right decisions for you for your career but stick to the fighting you know mm -hmm. you've talked about plans virgil ortiz what is the plan with him yeah i i i uh i'm very very confident that uh that he's healthy that he's uh just more motivated than ever he's uh gonna come back at 154 mm. i believe maybe 156 in his next fight we're working on it and um look he's he's there mm -hmm. he's he's a true top contender for anybody at 154 mm. or even 160 he's a big kid mm. um but yeah we're ready to hopefully bring him back in maybe december or first weekend of january all right so zerto joe smith saturday at the cosmopolitan live on the zone um, when I talked to you after Zerto missed weight uh, before the last fight, you were pretty disappointed in him. And I think you I was, said something to the effect of he's got to decide what he wants his career to be, if he sure. wants to have a career sure. moving forward. What have you seen from him over the last few months? And what have you seen from now that make you believe he does yeah. still have that hunger? No, I was, I was overseas when I watched him live um, fighting a Bivol, and it was disappointing. Mm -hmm. I what's there waiting for him on the scale and comes in heavy it's disappointing you know a, a, a loss a loss can be uh a loss can be uh devastating to a lot of these young fighters um it's the end of the world you know they think everybody's against them um they have to take some time off they have to regroup i strongly feel that when surdo ramirez couldn't make the weight I think he was genuine. I think I think he is a hard worker. I think that he does take his the sport very serious. Uh, but that loss, I think, did a little something to him mm -hmm. with Bivol. And I'm hoping that this fight in a new weight class, a title eliminator in the cruiserweight division against a tough guy in mm -hmm. Joe Smith, that's a tough fight. Mm -hmm. um, you guys at Golden Boy would know. Yeah, <laughs> it's a know. tough yeah. fight. Yeah, knocking out Bernard <laughs> Hopkins and so... Um, we strongly feel that uh, that Surdo Ramirez is, yeah, he's hungry. Mm -hmm. He's taking it serious. Mm -hmm. He's on weight. He uh, he he trained hard. He did everything right. Now it's just a matter of performing. Mm -hmm. That's it. He's got to take it up another notch. Mm -hmm. He's got three gears. He's been fighting on first gear. I want him to fight on the third gear. Mm -hmm. Let's give the fans a good fight. Mm -hmm. This is a true crossroads fight, too. It is. You know, it, it's really win or go home for both guys, it right. feels like. You know, what makes you believe that Zerto at a cruiserweight limit or in the cruiserweight division is going to be more effective? He's a big kid. He is. Mm -hmm. And um, he's been fighting... He's been fighting at 168, 175 for a while now. And, um, and like I said, he's a big kid. He's still growing, actually. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, so I think, I think the cruiserweight division will, will suit him well. Mm. Um, but just the fact that he's fighting against Joe Smith, the guy who knocked out my partner, um, <laughs> the legend, Bernard Hopkins, that's an extra motivation for Surdo, I believe. You know, he's because he knows he's in with a serious fighter, a serious threat, and that's exactly what he needs. Joe Smith will be right in front of him. Joe Smith is going to come and fight him. 
So there's no excuse for pseudo Saturday night. Did you license that Hopkins footage to DAZN for for the purposes of this fight? <laughs> I, I, absolutely. I think we're I allowed to show it live on air. <laughs> we are we time. are allowed to show it. Oscar, I appreciate. it. Uh, stay out of the prediction game though. Like Charlo over Canelo was ridiculous. Come no, I never said Charlo would beat him. I I you, said you, you, I said I said Charlo good. I said Charlo has a chance if he fights a perfect fight. Yeah. And obviously, when the first bell rang, it was not perfect. But you know this, like when guys fight Canelo. Like they just don't fight the same way because they know what's coming back. Like they're not going to be body punched because they know what's yeah. coming back. They're not going to be volume punched because they know what's coming back. You got to throw with him, right? Like you've got to. You have to take to chances. Yeah, you have to like take Lofkin chances. Did, of uh, course, B-Bull did like those guys. You have to take chances. And um, Charlo came for a payday. That's it. Yeah. That's the truth. I mean, look, I'm I'm criticizing him because I can. Obviously, you know, being a six division champion, ten weight classes. I can I can literally say whatever I want and criticize a fighter, but it's constructive criticism. You didn't come to fight. You you took the payday and you were happy with that. That's not what fighting is all about. Fighting is all about taking chances. Fighting is all about fighting hard against the best fighter on the planet. And guess what? If you fight hard, you do not lose. Mm-hmm. He lost that night. Oscar, good to see you. Thank you, brother. That's it for this week's bonus episode. My thanks to Sergio Mora and Oscar De La Hoya for joining the show. As always, subscribe, rate, review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you download podcasts. I'll see you next week. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Your getaway with Apple Vacations begins the moment you step on board one of our exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Escape the ordinary with packages starting at just $599. No layovers, just pure relaxation from takeoff to touchdown. Immerse yourself in the joy of travel with Apple Vacations. Your journey is as enchanting as the destination, so pack your bags and leave the rest to us. Visit AppleVacations.com or call your local travel advisor to book your vacation.